You're listening to the Bahai World News Service. Now live at local house of During a recent visit to the Bahai World Center, representatives from countries where Bahai community building efforts are contributing to profound changes in culture joined in conversation with the news service to discuss insights from localities where a pattern of vibrant community life is emerging. In this episode, we hear from Ray Elmo from Philippines. They explore concepts like godly deeds, that how can they uh, translate that into their daily actions. Nazneen Rohani from India. The nature of the conversation now when I visit your home becomes more meaningful, becomes mm-hmm. different, becomes relevant. Jorge Guerrero from Brazil. They become protagonists mm-hmm. of their own reality, of their own life. Maria Simboe from Tanzania. It's not just the individuals coming together. The idea came into the level of a group of families. Mm-hmm. And Confucius Ikoirere from Papua New Guinea. The knowledge they're attaining is being applied in very practical ways to help their own communities and themselves. From the Baha'i World News Service, this is In Conversation, a podcast series that explores experiences from Baha'i efforts to contribute to social progress, from the grassroots to the international level. The discussion, focusing on the characteristics of vibrant communities, began with the topic of prayer, exploring how praying together and reflecting on spiritual principles can be the seed for social change, transforming traditional relationships between individuals, communities, and institutions, and inviting new modes of collaboration. One of the cultures you have in India is people pray. Mm-hmm. Another culture that people have in India is that they visit each other's homes. Everyone prays. But mm-hmm. now that the nature of prayer is changing, mm-hmm. the nature of prayer is where you not just sit together, but you pray together, then you reflect on that. Mm-hmm. When, when you say the words of the prayer, you think about it. You think about what are the implications on my life, on your mm-hmm. life. And then when people learn, when people go to visit each other's homes, and you know, we do that all the time, and we are very sociable, we are a very sociable lot. So I'll constantly pop over to your place. The nature of the conversation now when I visit your home becomes more meaningful, becomes different, becomes relevant. It becomes something that allows me to better my life. Where I speak about, say, why should my daughter, who traditionally, if I didn't have money, would not go to a school. Mm-hmm. Why should she now go to a school? Because you begin to realize that you cannot have equality mm-hmm. without justice. Mm-hmm. You know, when you discuss these things in these small home visits, yeah. uh, that also, in a way, then begins to impact the life of that community. The power of these prayers is something unimaginable, really. 
And something that is very impressive is how they can benefit from these prayers because they trust them so much and they can see the change in themselves and they start sharing those with others, with their neighbors, with their friends, with their families. It's not that they're just praying, but they feel a capacity Mm-hmm. in their own selves. And they find out the power of this rich conversations they are starting to have after yeah. uh, having access to the teachings of Baha'u'llah mm-hmm. and how these things empower them. This completely changes their lives mm-hmm. and changes their culture naturally. In a way, like um, when the family prays together, so they're the, the strong, the strong bond within that family is also it becomes solid. No, now they learn to consult each other to see how can they help each other's um, problem and challenges. So somehow on that way, uh, when they pray together, they able to address the, what are their needs and to be really concerned for for each other. But I like to share in one of the communities in this uh, household where then the family prays together, the children in that household become also prayerful. Mm-hmm. They really like to 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 memorize prayers, you know, to learn prayers. And when the people come together and pray, all these children, they chant prayers. There is an effect within that uh, environment that also reflects in their attitude. Now they become uh, humble, uh, thankful also, you know, and very courteous to their adult ones in the in The, the parents yeah. notice these yeah. changes. Yes, yeah. They yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the, the mothers are now talking about the education of the, the children. Not like they're talking about anyone's, uh, the neighbor's problem, their neighbor's uh, mistake. Now the conversation is improved to a more meaningful conversation that is very also useful to the, to the community. Spaces for collective prayer in various settings create opportunities for friends, family members, and neighbors to reflect on both the material and spiritual needs of their communities, often leading to social action initiatives of varying degrees of complexity that seek to, in some way, better the lives of all. Like this um, one community in Papua New Guinea, where uh, the influence of this devotional character we're talking about, people getting together to say prayers, and then children studying the Word of God and engaged in in that particular um, way of learning, uh, has influenced the community to start thinking about how they sh- should improve their uh, village setting. So you see now the in this particular village, they're thinking about the cleanliness of the village. Rubbish is not thrown everywhere, but they've dug pits to put rubbish in and thinking about proper toilets. And mm-hmm. So the conversation, like you're saying, has mm-hmm. progressed from just saying prayers to what can we do for our community. Mm-hmm. And we were learning too that another neighboring village has seen what's happening and they've also followed the example. Like we have seen <clears throat> a lot of changes, even in habits that we are so much rooted in traditions. So for example, in one of these uh, rural communities, they started gathering together for these prayers. 
they are now thinking about other aspects of their lives. Looking at the house they, are, they, they were living in, it was rare to find a, a house that is roofed with just iron sheets. But mm. now it came uh, through their consultation. They were like, no, we need to change our lifestyle. We need mm. to change the houses. But mm. what do we do? And you find that the communities of, uh, of that kind, even the poverty level is so, mm. is so high. So they started little projects of which when they earn money, then they contribute to one person. They buy sheets then they roof and then they go to another person. So this really, it was like an, a simple thing, but it brought a lot of change. Now a lot of uh, members of that community are participating in these devotional gatherings. You know, I, in, in India, traditionally, spirituality has been seen as me asking God for something. But here it's kind of evolved much more and spirituality is more about how my progress mm -hmm. my spiritual progress is very interdependent is very interlinked mm -hmm. with how i can assist your spiritual progress mm -hmm. when the relationship mm -hmm. between community individuals and in the community and the institutions becomes dynamic mm -hmm. and it's based on spiritual qualities like mm -hmm. I said of trust of cooperation each one of them is able to perform their own function better mm -hmm. those powers actually get multiplied each they can't act in isolation of each other mm -hmm. we have seen that when people understand that what matters is their soul and not the physical body, mm -hmm. the differences that the caste system brings mm -hmm. tend to dissolve. We learn to relate to each other as human beings mm -hmm. and not as different castes. So this is one, one thing that we've seen mm -hmm. where uh, people in, in these small spaces come together, they pray, when you pray together, the next step is mm -hmm. you eat together. Mm -hmm. When you eat yes. together, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. If you look at what the Baha'i writings teach us, is that if you do not have spiritual advancement, mm -hmm. then where's mm -hmm. the development really? And I think that's what makes a life vibrant. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about vibrant communities, of course, we are talking all of us were talking about learning, as you said. Mm -hmm. Because then people are not passively awaiting yeah. for awesome. someone mm -hmm. to come and bring things, yeah. right? Yeah. No, the other <clears throat> way around. Yeah. They take ownership, they become protagonists mm -hmm. of their own reality, of their own life. And the change that we see in people, they see a future for themselves, for their family, for their neighbors, for the whole community. Yeah. We've seen in these villages that the ages of maybe 12 to 15 or 16 mm -hmm. that has traditionally been 
regarded as troublesome, as irresponsible. They have actually earned the admiration of their parents. We have seen that their patterns of behavior do not conform to what other young people in that age group are like. Young people in this age group have very heightened spiritual powers because that's what youth is. It's a period of vibrancy. It's a period of strength. So how has this materialized mm -hmm. into the kind of vibrancy or strength that has transformed their community, that has bettered their communities? Do you all have any examples of young people in this age group who have become assets to their community? There is one, this one uh, community where now when it is raining, they have a lot of vegetables, for example. But then mm -hmm. when it is not raining, there's scarcity of vegetables. So this group of, of, of young youth meet together and study, and then they discuss what they can do to their community. Mm -hmm. Then they say, despite that there is no much uh, water, let's mm -hmm. see if we can have a garden. They start just a simple garden mm -hmm. of which they get vegetables, then they sell. Mm -hmm. So in that way, they help their community. Mm -hmm. But again, mm -hmm. they get something to buy their school needs. And for example, in this one neighborhood, where there are a lot of youth who have mm -hmm. lost hope, looking for job, they can't find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. But now they are finding meaning of life in the service. In one of the communities in in. Uh, my region, there is a group of young, young, young ones who are studying together. But it also they like to explore what can they do for their community. So there is a one group that they really planted trees, no, along the the, the street because if you walk on the street, there's no shade. So these youths, they really think that how can they help the community walking in the street that some someday it will not expose to too much heat and there's a shade for the elder ones who walk on this so they planted trees on this uh, on the street also and there are also like a river uh, that there is no bridge how they consulted to the adult ones in the community that how can we build a bridge for uh, for in this in this portion of the the river so that the elder ones can easily uh, go to the other side of the bridge and, and it's really heartening to to see that, that at a very early age, they were able to think, what can they do for the betterment of their community? Yeah. You know, actually, we are seeing that it's becoming a generational thing. Mm -hmm. You see young people having this spirit of service who take upon themselves mm -hmm. willingly. Mm -hmm. You see in many places youth providing tutorial assistance mm -hmm. to those who, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. have not had the benefit sure. of, a, of an uninterrupted academic education. Mm -hmm. You have instances where they have managed to get the community, once the community realizes the benefit of having their children spiritually educated, mm -hmm. of having their young people work within a framework that allows them to make correct moral choices, mm -hmm. then the parents become involved. So then mm -hmm. you have generations going through these processes of empowerment, of spiritualization, of service, 
and that's when you see the transformation. You've been listening to In Conversation, a podcast series from the Baha'i World News Service. For more podcasts and stories, visit news.baha'i.org.